Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shay. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hi, guys. Um, we appreciate your patience uh, last week um, <laughs> because we just had conflicting schedules and, and not enough spoons. Not enough spoons. We came home. I think you came home on Monday, mm-hmm. and we're just like, I'm fucking tired. We were going to try to record, and yeah. then we like made dinner and ate, and I don't even know what we had for dinner on Monday. Something um, easy. Was it the pasta? Yeah, we had leftover pasta. We had leftover just, pasta. Like, that sh- that kind of shows you like yeah. how little spoons we had. Yeah. Um. And so we just kind of hung out because I think I was at my parents that day as well. So I came home mm-hmm. around like three, three thirty, and just like poop the fuck out. Yeah. So. Um, and although I'm gonna try to figure out ways to like help out with this, and luckily I have had some people talk to me about like some good supplements to possibly take during the day for energy, but currently right now my the lexapro is causing me a lot of drowsiness Mm. so i'm far more tired than my normal Mm -hmm. so i know that that's also contributing because by the time i get home energetically i'm like oh you're drained you're like a a shell yeah i'm so fucking tired by the time i hit like six o'clock at night and it doesn't help you have a coworker you fucking hate yeah like that doesn't help like whenever i have to see a coworker i hate it's like all my energy sucked so draining because like the days that they're not there Mm -hmm. i'm fine oh yeah like Like, this weekend you'll be yes I'll be fine. I'll come home. I'll have energy. Like, although yesterday I did have to work with this person all day and they drove me nuts, Mm -hmm. but I've been going to yoga on Thursdays Mm -hmm. and like, I literally came home and I took a nap in that chair down there Mm -hmm. in the recliner for like maybe a solid 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and then forced myself to get up and go to yoga. Mm -hmm. And then I was completely functional afterwards. So it's like, I clearly am like much more drowsy than I rightfully should be or Mm -hmm. want to be, but also the physical movement is helping so like i just need to keep forcing myself to go yeah and like try to work out and try to do physical movement because it does really help and i hate that shit like i I know because i'm someone who like i can't exercise like regularly without Mm -hmm. it turning into an obsession because Mm -hmm. of my mental health and stuff like that um and like my past with eating disorders and Mm -hmm. shit like that so i can't i'm not at a space in my healing where i can exercise yet without wanting to do it to an extreme amount exactly but i hate the fact that people are right when people are like if you go for a walk it'll help cheer you up like no it, i don't want to do that when i'm depressed exactly like <laughs> i don't want to think that physically moving my body will help me because yes. i don't want to physically move when no. i'm depressed but it does help and like yeah. luckily like because i completely understand like as a person who's mm-hmm. also struggled with eating disorders for the majority of their life and when i had my abuser my abuser was a bodybuilder and mm-hmm. would literally force me to work out until i yeah. literally pass out so i can't do that without having i can't go into gyms without immense anxiety yeah, which is really so, upsetting yeah. and like i want to get over that fear and i want to conquer that fear eventually but i also can't like genuinely go to gyms or work out mm-hmm. without also having that obsession feeling mm-hmm. but luckily for me yoga hasn't become that and that i can have that nice balance like i do definitely want to do it more often and like if the thursday yoga class that i go to if that instructor taught that same class Mm -hmm. like four times a week i would go four times a week because i just enjoy that class that much and it's not about the obsession of working out it's more Mm -hmm. just i enjoy this physical yeah well it's also good for your mental health yoga is very relaxing Mm -hmm. i want to eventually get into yoga like i would love Mm -hmm. to do that the issue is i'm off sundays and mondays and like i need to find a class that i like and i'm not gonna do it before work that's the issue like i'm not gonna want to do it and i don't have i don't say the luxury because i don't want to fucking say that but like (laughs) i work three to eleven so i don't have the ability to get off work at five o'clock or four o'clock and go to yoga so exactly and i'm sure shit not gonna go before work like fuck that shit Uh -uh. (laughs) you couldn't pay me enough to do that shit but no i get you know we're doing pretty okay i think mental health check-in we're doing okay we did a bunch of adult things we went to bj spent 180 fucking dollars on oh my god yeah just toilet paper yeah ridiculous um we got pedicures which was dope um (laughs) finally recording and you know it's, it's gonna be a good a good couple next couple days we both have plans with other people um you know friends whatever to try to you know expand our social circle social circles social circles (laughs) (laughs) so um so you know it's 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 all it's all it's all All things things are doing well i guess so trying our best so to recap for last time so we went through i believe um 
victims one through 28 i believe which can i say when i was posting yeah. this and i put like the description and yes. like how i was like damn it's a long description that i realized yes. it's because you listed everyone's names and i was like i didn't realize we how many people that. because yeah. also the when we recorded the last episode i was very tired yes and so it was very hard for me to keep up with all the names all yes. the whatever was going on and even if i wasn't tired like even if it was right now it's it'd still be people. a lot so i didn't realize the sheer number because we yes. weren't it wasn't like you were saying like all right victim number one victim number yeah. two like a after like the 10th victim you were like it's another victim but we kind of lost count because yes. there's so many people there were so many kids. victims. sorry there so many so kids yeah there were so many victims so that was definitely difficult as well as like there was a lot of stuff going on at the same time and like why i didn't go with like victim one two or three because mm -hmm. honestly it, when you're thinking of it as like a genuine timeline when they were discovering the victims mm -hmm. were all over the place yeah like from when they disappeared to when they most of them were discovered were like months apart yeah and it's and it's hard too because you don't want to because some finding some mm -hmm. like let's say let's say victim one and yeah. this is not i'm not i have, don't have it in front yeah. of me so i'm not this is not completely true but like let's mm -hmm. say victim one was disappeared a year before mm -hmm. victim 15 but vi victim one was found before victim 15 yeah in the same area it's hard to have a very linear track of thought exactly. because you're not only talking about when they disappeared but when they were found a lot yeah. of times these people were found t near each other exactly so it's hard to be like oh he was found here because you mm -hmm. want to show that there was a dumping ground that there yeah. was multiple places where these bodies were dumped and there's so much to their stories because mm -hmm. one of the things that i also really wanted to show with this and why when i left you there was no identified mm -hmm. suspect is because for a lot of these people i think it although the fbi was saying they think it was one person mm -hmm. i don't think it was well when like, i was editing and i went back and there was that one child who mm. um the one who was there was that one guy who's like oh we had quote-unquote sex with him yep I don't believe he was part of these murders. No. I believe it was like a lumped in. And there have been cases like yes. that before where it's like, mm -hmm. hey, we have the serial killer who has a specific yep. MO. Hey, you know what? That's kind of not my MO, but that's my victim profile. Yep. Let me use that exactly. as a means to hide my victims. We've yep. seen that before. Oh, so yeah. I'm not shocked that these people were lumped in, especially yep. if it was back in the 70s mm -hmm. if it was young black boys being killed yep then it was just like okay and well let's lump them in with the atlanta child murders which exactly is not right and as we talked about last time the atlanta pd and like the police work that was happening here was just absolutely fucking criminally yeah. bad mm -hmm. like just absolutely terrifying yeah but also when i left you the four things that i wanted you to like keep in your back pocket and remember was the green fibers slash yes. dog hairs the mention of the blue car yes. quite often or just the different cars in general. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted you to remember that a lot of these victims ended up having connections or didn't know each yes. other. And the last one was remembering the man that was handing out flyers or was yes. trying to find talent to record yes. music. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I remember the. I definitely remember the car because I remember people mm -hmm. being like the car, the car. shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So we'll keep that in our back mm -hmm. pocket. So now we're doing part two. So yes. just trigger warning for child death yeah child, child abuse yeah child molestation yes. just kid all stuff horrible um i racism yes and honestly unfortunately next week will not be a, any lighter any lighter um it's yeah. if any it's not as heavy but it's pretty heavy still because it's a serial killer still yes. anyway so we're we're back kind of Sorry, back guys. on the the trend of um kid cases for a couple cases so i apologize yeah. again mm -hmm. um but anyway so yeah to keep on interrupting but continue. Right. no you're good so very many warnings please take care of yourself yes. but uh to continue us off so at this time during the investigation the fbi had noted the change in the mo and the majority of the bodies now being discovered in the chattahoochee river with many of them being dumped off of bridges mm-hmm so they believed that this was a forensic countermeasure that the killer was now taking on as this change in M.O. didn't start until after the newspapers began printing that they were finding carpet fibers and dog hairs on the victim's mm, bodies. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. So this is when the task force came up with the idea to start staking out bridges. Mm -hmm. So they assigned pairs of officers to hide their vehicles under each side of 14 different bridges. Oh, wow. So most of whom were all on the, Chatty the Chattahoochee River. Mm -hmm. So as well as investigator Chet Detlinger created a map of the victims and all were in the same geographical parameters and were all connected to Memorial Drive and 11 major streets in the area. 
Okay. Yeah. So no. So hold, so hold on. So you were saying so you were saying these were related. There were all, a lot of the victims were related to these major streets, right? Yes. But they're major streets. Yes. So my only thing, and obviously mm-hmm. you haven't finished whatever about to say. I kind of interrupted you. But no, you're good. My thing is like it, like if if you're driving through these are major streets. Yes. However, I think that that also then points more towards that this doesn't have to be a person living in this community. Yeah. Because they're driving only on the main well, that, streets. That, I think that that was my thing is yeah. that like it's not like they're saying oh well there was this one like like pure example like our mm-hmm. where we live there's mm-hmm. like one main street and then yep. like where we are it's like a few blocks from like like pretty much like a like a neighborhood neighborhood ish mm-hmm. area where you can yeah. walk the smaller streets yep. those smaller streets i have no idea what the fuck they nope. are so it'd be a different story if someone was like oh well they were killed they, they were taken from main street okay well that's a main street everyone yes. drives through yep. our town through mm-hmm. this main street versus oh well, everyone was on cherry street because yep. cherry street's like an off street from main yep. street that you wouldn't notice you know and what that I mean? you wouldn't necessarily go down yeah all so the time. i'm kind of yeah. not shocked that it yeah. was I mean, it makes, especially with the car and shit mm-hmm. like that, like it makes sense. Because yeah. also, even if reaching back to getting mm-hmm. talent, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go down a side street because that looks more sketch. Yep. And you're more likely to get more people coming to you and have your pick mm-hmm. of the litter. As a, I don't want to make yeah. it sound like that, but, you know, yeah. have your pick of whoever you want mm-hmm. going down the main street. Because think about it. If you go down main street, especially if a poor area, mm-hmm. be like, look, I could give you money. All the yep. kids are like, oh, my God, we want money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. anyway. Oh, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me, but also it's... They're finally narrowing in and realizing that, like, these are people who are all connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And that this is, it's one area that this hunting is really happening in. It's mm-hmm. all in the centralized area. So, Nathaniel Cater was 27 years old in 1981. Mm-hmm. So, Cater was living at a local hotel after recently moving out of the apartment that his family had shared. So, Cater was working for the Adaman Labor Pool at this time and was said to often frequent a local saloon and lounge where he was where he often would solicit others for sex mm-hmm. for money uh yeah gotcha okay yeah. i mean I'm not, not judging i'm just yeah you know, i'm just clarifying yes so later police interviewed a prisoner in the Suffolk County Jail in Massachusetts because this man claimed two things in connection with the investigation. The first was that he claimed that he had taken pictures of Cater when he then, that he then gave to a heavyset man at one of the local bookstores. And that the other was that he claims that Darren Glass, the 10-year-old who was never found, mm-hmm. was paid by men at the saloon uh, Cater frequented to have sex with them. Okay. So this is the second time that there is child mm-hmm. with like, the same sex. same kid or no? No, different okay. child because the that child was Timmy Hill. He was gotcha. discovered okay. dead. Darren Glass was the child who he disappeared that and they think is connected or connected, but never found his body. Gotcha. And there, I know I feel like I remember that name because I feel yeah. like there was a body that was found that wasn't sure they might think it yes. might be him. Okay. The, yes, that it was identified as one of the other victims, but people do theorize that potentially that it's Darren Glass. Gotcha. Body. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. So this, although Massachusetts so clearly very far away from Atlanta, mm-hmm. but this man is basically saying that not only is he connected to one of the victims Mm -hmm. or two of the victims at this point one of whom that how would you really know like although this was national news and like clearly Mm -hmm. we talked about like reagan was paying um Mm -hmm. like i think it was like a million dollars or something to the city of atlanta to solve these murders but like Mm -hmm. why would a how would a prisoner in massachusetts really know this amount of detail well that was my thing too is that like and it's just because it's so far away doesn't mean that it didn't it's not connected because mm-hmm. there are people who you know mm-hmm. who were from like the case i'm going to cover he what the killer went all the way to florida from south carolina Jeez, yeah. like it's it's that's possible mm-hmm. even back yeah. then so oh yeah I mean, fucking so, ted bundy pure example exactly you know what I mean? like all over the place because his was like florida it was um, florida seattle was seattle oregon florida washington oregon utah and, yeah and was it nevada I think. Yeah. But it was like all over. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so I don't know. There's some credence to this, but now this is the second claim that basically there's selling pictures of other people's bodies Mm. or victims' bodies. And also the second time that there is child sex Mm -hmm. work or sex slavery that is happening or being mentioned in this case. Yeah. 
So on May 21st, 1981, Nathaniel was last reported being seen by a gardener at the entrance of the Retalio Theater, as he claims holding hands with a man named Way, named Way Williams, mm-hmm. who we will discuss a bit more later. Mm-hmm. So he was also said to have been seen that morning near the bus station after leaving the lounge that he often frequented. Mm-hmm. So however, the desk clerk of the hotel that Cater was living at said he last saw him leaving the hotel around 3 p.m. that day. So police in this original investigation later went to trial claiming that May 21st was the last day they verify sightings of Nathaniel. However, multiple people who have come forward and knew him very well disagree. One of his friends that was described as a running buddy last saw him on May 23rd. As well as another frequenter of the lounge claims that he saw Cater at that lounge around 2.30 p.m. on May 23rd. And a third man who grew up as a neighbor to his family claims to have saw him on the 23rd entering the Healy building. Okay. So police in at the trial were outright trying to claim that he was dead, last confirmed sightings, any of that was May 21st. Mm-hmm. Literally three separate people who know this person very well. This mm. isn't strangers yeah, on the street. It's not like, oh, I think I saw him. No. These are straight up people who knew him, one of which was a neighbor since childhood. Yeah, so you you fucking know. Yes. Even, hell, even like my parents' neighbors mm-hmm. when I grew up, like they don't live anywhere near my parents anymore, but if they saw me, they knew who I was. Exactly. Like you know who your fucking oh, yeah. neighbors are. You know who your Especially, childhood neighbors exactly. are. Yeah. Especially if they like would help babysit, you never know. Yep, exactly. So like- three separate people are saying no we saw him on may 23rd Mm -hmm. so it's important to remember this later because may 23rd would be a full two days after we talk about uh, what we call in a moment what will be referred to as the bridge incident okay so on may 24th nathaniel's body was discovered in the chattahoochee river by two boys who were gone who had gone fishing so he was found naked. His cause of death was labeled as undetermined asphyxiation. Okay. So near his body, b- police found a safe that they never disclosed what was inside, as well as clothes and a Thompson submachine gun. Oh? Yep. A machine gun? A machine gun, clothes, and a and safe that ha- did contain items inside, but that police have never released what those items are machine gun to me is the one that's like what the fuck that's yeah very weird so also important to know after cater was found dead his roommate went to cater's workplace crying saying that he would be next okay yeah very odd Mm -hmm. so he said that on multiple occasions a white man in a suit and a black man in expensive sports clothes had come to their room at the hotel asking for cater Mm -hmm. so to take us back a couple of days for a quick moment, through uh, though in the wee hours of May 22nd, the task force had what they called their big break in this case. Mm-hmm. So as discussed before, the task force began staking out bridges because of bodies being found in the mm-hmm. rivers, and their theory was that the bodies being dumped o- the bodies were being dumped off of the bridges. Mm-hmm. So at around 2:52 a.m. Officers heard a loud splashing coming from up above the bridge. Mm -hmm. So after the splash, a car sped over the bridge. Mm -hmm. So officers pursued and stopped the station wagon. The driver was identified as Wayne Williams. So when they asked him why he was speeding over the bridge or even out driving at this hour, he told the officers that he was a talent scout trying to find a singer by the name of Cheryl Johnson, who he said lived in Smyrna. So he denied any involvement in the Atlanta child murders, and given that they had no probable cause, they let Williams go that night. However, when Cater's body was discovered in the river two days later, nearby where they had pulled over the car, they immediately thought that this must have been the cause of the splash, and that Wayne Williams became suspect number one. Which, talent scout. Yep. Makes sense. Do we know what color his car was? No. But it's okay. a station wagon, so different than yes. okay, a yeah. lot of yeah. what we were seeing there. Mm-hmm. So the police attempt to verify the story that he gave that night, but could not confirm any appointment like this mm-hmm. or even find the Cheryl Johnson person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sounds kind of like a lie. Yeah. So Also, Cheryl Johnson is just one of those names that's very like... John Smith. Exactly. Yeah, like, like you would, you know, mm-hmm. you make up a name like, what's your new boyfriend's name? Um, McGuff the Crime Dog. It, like, 
No. No. But yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'd be like, Trader Hello. Joe. <laughs> Tra- Trader Joe. Yeah, right. Trader exactly. Joe. Like Joe, Joe, Joe Williams. Yep. Uh, those are two common names, bro. Exactly. If, if, like, if someone okay if someone's if someone if you ask someone their boyfriend's name mm-hmm. or someone's name and they give you a last name that's either mm-hmm. williams smith yep johnson jackson some shit like yeah. that like some old timey yep. like plantate plantation owner name <laughs> they're lying probably lying if they give you like a chad a brad a kyle a will a bill a don a yeah john a bob liars however oh, i do know people with that, all of those names with all of those names and last names who are real people <laughs> yeah but, but still most they're of the lying. time they're lying yes. and then there's me who's like oh yeah i'm i'll go full phoebe buffet and be like i'm regina phalange <laughs> just oh, give the most fake God. name that anyone's ever it's heard. more believable like you choose like a, like an interesting first mm-hmm. name and then a fake last name yeah that'd be easy exactly anyway. so he so they're basically like uh your alibi it's an alibi. Your alibi trash. Your hair You're trash. trash. You look dusty. You're not cute. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair's uneven. Your hair's uneven. You look dusty. You're not cute. cute. Meet a powder all the yes. time. Anyway. So literally they're like, um, yeah, we're going to investigate this guy. Mm-hmm. But due to Williams becoming their main suspect, they served warrants uh, to search his home and car where they linked green fibers from one of the victims to Wayne Williams's house. <laughs> So police also found that Wayne Williams was a music promoter who had professionally rather than a talent scout, as he claimed. So when he was stopped at that night at the bridge incident, he basically was like, oh, yeah, I'm a talent scout. Like, no, you weren't. Like, that's not his actual job. His actual job was a music promoter. So he didn't have to find talent. He had to promote the music. You're lying. And I'm catching you, bitch. Like, We will talk later about it, but yeah. So Williams ran a broadcast radio station out of the home that he had lived at with his parents, where he mainly promoted music. So he, however, was interested in attempting to found basically er, a boy band in the area. So he was, as he claimed to many in the Atlanta area who knew he was doing this, that he was attempting to discover the next Michael Jackson. There's a lot of thoughts in my head. Yeah, my I first have a lot of my first question is this a white man? No. Oh, this is not. I mean, actually, kind of adds to it though. I'll talk here and there about okay. what I feel and okay. think about this. All right. So, with this, he would have to have been actively auditioning boys for this group that he was forming. So this led the task force to believe that perhaps this was the person that had committed all of what they will Mm -hmm. label as the pattern killings. Okay. So because they believed for him to do this, he would be patrolling and purposefully going out and talking to young boys and could easily use this as a ruse to lure victims. 100%. So just like we talked about with like the the model for photo Mm -hmm. scams at Mm -hmm. malls and things like that, Mm -hmm. that predators do, they kind of thought of this... As like, well, this yeah. could be an easy way for him to get young boys. To oh, one hundred percent, definitely. And especially like when you think of like Patman Rogers, who mm-hmm. literally was like telling his friend's mom that someone said that he would record his songs. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, this would be kind of like an easy thing for a yeah. predator to say to a child like that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So with these matching fibers, police were issued an arrest warrant, and on June twenty first, nineteen eighty one, they arrested Wayne Williams with the murders of. For the murders of Nathaniel Carter and Jim, or Cater and Jimmy Ray Payne. Okay. So Williams was not arrested for any of the other Atlanta child murders. Only these two adult victims. Mm. Remember that. Now, so is it because they have tangible evidence on just those two? Or is there tangible evidence to more they're just being assholes? We'll talk about it. Okay, put that in the back of the, yes. the brain But... Okay. Yes, very important to note. He is being charged with the murders of two adults. Not the, not the children. No children. Okay. So trial began in January of 1982. So this trial, although, again, he was only officially charged for Payne and Cater's murders, mm-hmm. somehow the prosecution was able to enter in all of the pattern killings into the trial to prove a pattern of previously linked crimes, creating the link between Cater and Payne's murders. And although he wasn't being charged with the other murders, but basically used this as a way to say he committed all of them without ever charging him for the others. 
that's interesting that that was allowed because yeah i know there are a lot of times in cases where they're like hey i want to bring up this case like like Okay, pure example. Let's say there's, you know, someone's being tried for the kidnapping and rape of a, of a, of a, of a, a teenager or something like that, right? And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, in the previ- in another state, he committed rape, robbery, kidnapping, and murder of these teenage yep. girls. It's showing thing. A lot of times the judge will be like, that's not allowed yep. because that's doing undue prejudice against, yes. against the defendant. Yes. So that's what is very confusing yeah. about how this was ever allowed because, like, For me personally, when it comes to this case in particular, which I'll get more into my opinions later, I feel like this was really just like bootstrapping a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and like basically trying to say like he definitely did these things, but not actually having to fully try him Mm -hmm. for it or not allowing the defense to defend him from Mm -hmm. it. That it was kind of these like he definitely did this shit, but there was Mm -hmm. no defense. Because if they were to defend that defend their client against those other murders, the judge would be like, oh, that's not the trial. That's not the exactly. He's not on trial for those murders. But it's still painting him as that. And we're not saying that. And obviously, I don't know the ending of this case. Like you know more than I do. But like we're not saying that this person, if he did it, should deserve to be defended. Like he's a piece of shit if he did it. But also like this isn't just. This isn't how the law is written. It's just like you know we say like you know innocent until proven guilty for mm-hmm. someone who genuinely did not do it i completely agree like as you were saying like mm-hmm. this that's why this case is so frustrating and confusing is because legally there's a lot of shit that is going mm-hmm. on here that doesn't make any sense like mm-hmm. you can't defend your client against charges they're not being charged for and mm-hmm. that it does already seem like the judge is stacking this case mm-hmm. in a way that this person is never going to be found anything other than guilty yeah and like that there's no fair shot here Mm -hmm. but so at trial they basically claimed that williams was responsible for 20 of the 29 murder 29 murders Mm -hmm. and that although he is responsible for 20 he was only charged with two to not put the child victims families through the stress of a trial i uh, mm. yeah no Mm -mm. i that pisses me off Mm -hmm. because uh, there are some there are genuinely sometimes like in the case of the um of the watts family murders yep. where the families were like you know what no plea deal i don't want to deal with it yep. but it seems like these mothers are like no i want to fucking face my exactly. kids killer that's like, ridiculous that you're talking for them yes no uh-uh. it didn't seem like this was something that the families of the victims agreed on that mm-hmm. this weirdly just sounded like a weird decision that they made mm-hmm. like without consulting anyone it kind of like so I'm sure we'll end up covering it at some point, but like the Night Stalker, mm-hmm. so like Richard Ramirez, he had child molestation mm-hmm. victims mm-hmm. along with all of his murders. Mm-hmm. They did not put him on trial for a lot of the child molestation cases because it was too much on the families and mm-hmm. because the lawyers and police officers couldn't really handle mm-hmm. putting children up on the stand because mm-hmm. these were young kids that he had done this to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However... That's different. Those are living, Mm -hmm. breathing children that could have been further traumatized Mm -hmm. by being up on the stand. These were dead kids who deserved justice. Mm -hmm. So there's that, too. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think truly that decision was made in efforts to protect the families as much as it was that they didn't have evidence for it mm-hmm. and basically wanted to just bootstrap and say, like, this person did all of that, mm. but not have to do the work for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fucking ridiculous. And not how the justice system t- no. should work. But, of course, we're talking about a black man being charged. Yep. So yep. we'll we'll get into it more. But mm-hmm. the main evidence that was produced at Williams' trial was that the police interviewed and stopped Wayne after the splash during the bridge incident mm-hmm. before Cater's body was discovered, mm-hmm. which they claimed must have been when the body was dumped but not discovered until two days later. However, so, okay, good. again, if we think back, Cater was being identified and people were having sightings of him and confirmed seeing him. A day after when this splash incident mm-hmm. occurred. And I was also going to say, like, with the splash, why didn't they go investigate what splashed? Exactly. Why didn't you go and look further? Why would it be that two days after this incident occurred is when you finally find the body? Exactly. That literally kids fishing found. Mm-hmm. And also, how is it possible? that? That's why I think clearly 
like this didn't happen the way that they did. Mm-hmm. And the police knew this, which is why they were willing to completely ignore and basically say that all of the sightings of Cater on May mm-hmm. 23rd were just, no, they mm-hmm. can't confirm those. And I'm like, but these ridiculous. are people who knew him. Yeah, seriously. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. So very. Mm. Mm, yeah. yeah. Just. Mm. Just. Mm. So. And they also believed that the alibi that Williams had provided to the detectives that night was a bad one that they could not substantiate, mm-hmm. which I'll agree. Mm-hmm. I'll agree to that one. So that Williams had had a previous arrest record for impersonating an officer. Oh. And that during their time investigating him and during interrogation, they had had him take multiple polygraphs, which each of those he subsequently failed. Mm-hmm. However, polygraphs are not admissible Mm-mm. in court. They're not really all that useful. Mm-mm. They're not really all that accurate. If you've got a person who literally is always stressed all the time, even if they're telling the truth, Me. they could constantly fail I'd these. fail a polygraph test if you asked me what my name was. Oh, yeah. I have anxiety. Nervous. I would absolutely fail it in a exactly. heartbeat. But then there's also... People who are, like, straight-up sociopaths mm-hmm. who don't feel any emotion and genuinely could be lying and they could mm-hmm. beat the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just the most useless things. Mm-hmm. Also, for their big bits of evidence, quote-unquote, they had against him was that the night that they pulled him over on the bridge, in his car, they found gloves and a 24-inch nylon cord mm-hmm. on his passenger seat. Mm-hmm. So they said that this cord was similar to some of the literature marks that they mm-hmm. found on Cater and some of the other pattern victims. However, this cord was never forensically analyzed. So they could never, they only would say that it was similar, but it was never actually tested. Oh, like that's, you, 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 yes. you test it. Bitch. So they don't test the cords, but then they're like, oh, we got fingerprints on magazines by these bodies. They're not suspects. I, yeah hello do your fucking job yes so really yeah yeah just scream internal screams if i could Mm -hmm. scream into this microphone and not kill everybody's eardrums that's exactly what would be happening right now because fuck this whole thing yeah so their big big thing that they said was proof that he was the serial murderer was the the green the yellowish green trilobal carpet fibers mm-hmm. that were found on some of the victims bodies mm-hmm. so they said that these fibers were were a match to a yellow bedspread in his home and a blanket from his bedroom mm-hmm. so the carpet in the house and dog hairs from his mixed breed german shepherd dog mm-hmm. so because of this the fbi agents that testified at trial said that these fibers being a match to his home and found on the victim's bodies it would be virtually impossible for wayne williams to have not come in contact with these victims Mm -hmm. however i do also want so they're saying without a doubt these fibers it has to be him Mm -hmm. but so there's also a lot of confusion when it comes to these trilobal green fibers Mm -hmm. so the prosecution claims that these fibers found matched a carpet in his parent well his slash his parents home Mm -hmm. that was a very rare carpet for the area saying that it was made locally but really and but really only like a thousand of these rugs were ever sold Mm -hmm. many not in the atlanta area Mm -hmm. so however the defense did point out uh something that i believe does hold merit Mm -hmm. is that given that these carpets were made locally and that their factory did connect and have runoff happen in the chattahoochee river Mm. it is possible that these green fibers being attached to the bodies especially victims found in the river could have been caused by that okay yeah that makes sense however circumstantial yes so like either way if if on mm-hmm. paper, if you gave it to me as yeah. someone who studied law and shit like not like but like criminal yeah. justice, whatever, if you gave those two things to me on paper, it would be enough to have plausible deniability mm-hmm. and not without a shadow of a doubt, so yes. it wouldn't hold up. Mm-hmm. However, if you ask me as a person my opinion, I would side with the prosecution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But also I don't know yeah. if that's because I have a, a pre existing bias Fair. against him because I think he's the one who did it. You know what I mean? 
fair. But I also want to let you know, so as well as one of the people in the HBO documentary discussed that years after this case, they found that the lab that these items were being tested at had been found with a bunch of contaminated evidence because of debris being pumped out of the air vents in the lab that were falling onto all kinds of evidence. Yeah, so never mind. I, I retract what I just said. Yeah. That shit's shoddy. Yeah. Uh-uh, it doesn't hold up. Nope. Bye-bye. This is very shoddy work we've mm-hmm. got going on here. Which, it's been the entire fucking time, so I'm not shocked. It's been the entire time, so, time. so we'll talk more about, like, how we feel towards the end of this, mm-hmm. um, opinions-wise, but so far, again, mm-hmm. not the most trustworthy stuff. Yeah. Like, we're straight up saying, like, a murder happened on a different day than when people last saw this person. Yeah. Just because it fits the timeline you yeah, want it to. Which is ridiculous. That you're bootstrapping 20 victims, well, yeah. 18 other victims onto mm-hmm. a two-person murder charge. Yeah. And that y'all are just straight up, like, doing just, you're mm-hmm. saying that 100%, they're like, these fibers prove it's him. Mm-hmm. And then there are at least two separate ways that we mm-hmm. can prove that it's not. Yeah. So, as previously mentioned about Williams and this singing group he formed that the police theorized was possibly being a way for him to find victims, he had been proven to have been handing out flyers in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. that was asking for kids 11 to 21 Mm -hmm. to audition for a singing group called Gemini. Mm -hmm. So, and if we remember all the way back to Patman Rogers' murder... He, around that time he went missing, he had told a friend's mother that a man he had met wanted to record his songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, also at trial, one witness, Robert Henry, testified that on the night police are saying that he was last verifiably seen, he saw Wayne Williams and Nathaniel Cater holding hands. Mm -hmm. Some of the other witnesses from the area that testified claimed that Wayne Williams had solicited sexual favors from younger men or boys in the area. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, like, discredit uh, Mr. Henry here, but from what I saw in, like, the documentary and a lot of this, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how much this holds up. He's just basically saying that two guys that looked like Mm -hmm. them is who he saw Mm -hmm. holding hands. And also, like, this is the 1980s. Yeah. Unless you're in a comfortably out and gay area, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see no. two men just no. holding hands on the street. No, I agree. Because hate crimes. Love it. Love it. Especially two black men. Yeah. Two black men. No. There's going to be mm, hate crimes all over Hate the crime out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. So on February 27th, 1982, after the trial came to a close and the jury deliberated, Wayne Williams was convicted of the murders of Jimmy Ray Payne and Nathaniel Cater. Mm-hmm. So he was later sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. Mm-hmm. So he is currently still in prison serving these. Okay. So although Williams was only convicted of two of the murders mm-hmm. after his trial and the conviction, the task, port, the task force investigating the Atlanta child murders claimed that he was the murderer of 20 of the victims and completely closed all the cases. Um, that's not how that works. There is no... Because yep. you're not charging him with them. So why are you closing the fucking case? Yeah. Like, and what about the other works. nine victims exactly. that you're saying were you and his? Hello? Yep. So although no one has been formally con- charged or convicted, they attribute the ma- the murders of Alfred Evans, Yusuf Bell, Eric Middlebrooks, Christopher Richardson, Aaron Weish, Anthony Carter, Earl Terrell, Clifford Jones, Charles Stevens, Aaron Jackson, Patrick Rogers, Luby Jeter, Terry Pugh, Patrick Balthazar, Curtis Walker, Joseph Bell, Timothy Hill, Eddie Duncan, Larry Rogers, Michael McIntosh, John Porter, and William Barrett as all mm-hmm. to Wayne Williams, as mm-hmm. well as and subs- subsequently closed all of the investigations after his conviction. Mm-hmm. So all of the murder, although the murders of Edward Smith, Milton Harvey, Angel Lanier, Jeffrey Mathis, Latanya Wilson, and Derek Glass have not been attributed to him, no one has ever been charged in their cases either, and they also stopped investigating their murders as well. Mm, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. So given that the majority of evidence that convicted Williams was circumstantial or had valid disprovable arguments, many people don't believe that he was their serial killer. And many of the murdered children's families do not think that Wayne Williams is the person responsible for their kids' deaths. Mm -hmm. So many of the families either think that he wasn't acting alone or that he didn't commit the crimes at all. Mm -hmm. So Williams and his lawyer has made several appeals over the years to have his convictions overturned given the lack of concrete evidence and that none of his DNA was ever found on them or vice versa. Mm -hmm. As well as they have argued several times that it is clear that other people are potentially responsible 
responsible for some of the pattern killings. And that the argument that if the prosecution could argue that he committed all of these murders because they fit a pattern, but if even one of them was found to be victims of another person, that that breaks the pattern and he is not responsible for the pattern. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think that's a very reasonable legal argument. So, however, all appeals he has made over the years have been denied. Even though many legal scholars and experts who have reviewed the case say that the way prosecutors presented the case would otherwise in any other place or in recent times would have been deemed inadmissible or admissible for a mistrial. Exactly. That's exactly what I was saying earlier. Yep. Absolutely. So this logically could not or would not happen today. Mm -mm. No. And if it was also if we say like this wouldn't happen in New York today. Mm Mm-hmm. This possibly still could happen oh, in yeah. Georgia today, yeah. but oh, thank you, racism. Love it. So more and more people in recent years keep coming out and saying that they believe others may be responsible mm-hmm. and have been calling for reinvestigations. But nearly almost from right after Williams was convicted um, were people speaking out and pointing at all kinds of evidence of his innocence and even a cover up. Mm-hmm. So many over the years have theorized that this cover-up could have gone all the way up to the mayor at the time. Oh, wow. So in a moment, I'll talk about one of the biggest sources to this theory. But not only did a national magazine investigate and report this, but many of the families of the children believe that the murders of the kids were committed by a growing chapter of the KKK. Oh. So many believe that potentially Manor- Maynard Jackson did not protect... Uh, or back the black community due to fears of a race war occurring and causing investigators to, or investors to back out of the Atlanta airport yeah. and developing projects in the area. Which, yeah, when you mentioned that earlier, I kind of got that vibe. Yep. So that's exactly what the families, mm-hmm. for the most part, and some actual like mm-hmm. reporters and things like that believe could have mm-hmm. happened here. Yeah. So in 1985, Spin Magazine ran a story theorizing that the KKK was behind some of the murders and that the police and politicians knew this and covered it up. Mm. So in this article, they say that they received a tip from the Guardian Angels organization, which during this time was a bunch of very large volunteer patrol units that were stationed in large cities. Mm -hmm. So like... They were really big in the 80s, like, in New York City and, like, all Mm -hmm. these places. So, like, unfortunately, they ended up, like – well, not unfortunately, but fortunately, they ended up kind of being, like, broken up because they ended up with a lot of, like, vigilante shit. Mm. But, like, yeah. So these were – basically, they were supposed to be, like, patrol units Mm -hmm. and, like, citizen watch kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So they claimed that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was running a parallel investigation into the Atlanta child murders than the task force was, and that this separate investigation was investigating the Klan's connection to some of the murders. Mm. So they claimed that the secret investigation tied this chapter of the KKK to the murders of 15 of the victims. Oh. One of which they were most able to prove a connection to was the murder of Luby Jeter. Mm Mm-hmm. So they claim that the motive of the Klan killers was to start a race war and that the Georgia Bureau of Investigations suppressed cases that were linked to attempt to squash this race war from happening. Okay. So this is why placing all the blame on Wayne Williams was so convenient because they thought mm. if a black man was convicted for all of the murders, it wouldn't increase racial tensions to be the catalyst for that war. Mm. Okay, that yeah, that yeah. kind of makes sense. little conspiracy theory sounding, but it makes sense. I'll get more into the details, but, Mm -hmm. like, that's the basis of what their theory is Mm -hmm. saying in this magazine article. Mm -hmm. So one of the people that they most point to as potentially being the ringleader in this was a local man named Charles Sanders. Mm -hmm. So the Sanders family lived in the woods just outside of the Atlanta area. In the area, a faction of the KKK was rapidly growing. So this group had called themselves the National States Rights Party of the New Order of the KKK. First of all, choose a smaller name. That's annoying. That's really annoying, as well as, like... Don't be racist. Don't be a part of the KKK. So when people are trying to say it was about states' rights, this is literally saying the National States' Rights Party is a fraction of the KKK. If you fly a Confederate flag... It's racist. You're a racist. It's and I say that with my entire chest. Yeah, like I don't give a fuck who I know listen, who listens yeah. to this. Stop I don't give a fuck. Flag. Stop flying that fucking flag, especially, especially if I know you and you live in the north. 
and yeah, you fly so that flag, stupid. you are from New Jersey. We were yeah. never part of we the fucking of the South. To the South. Get no. that shit off your fucking thing. There's a fucking house near us that flies a Confederate flag. The one like right when you go down that one highway. You know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, you were in Pennsylvania. Had, the Gettysburg Address was here. What? what hello? Here. What? I hate people. Anyway. Questions. But states party. Mm-hmm. National states party. Check racism. your language. Mm-hmm. It's fucking racist. So this Clavin was a small but rapidly growing uh, because of its strong advocacy of violence. I love it. So the article claims that the Sanders family, along with the help of this group of the Klan that they were a part of, created the plan that they were to kill at least one black boy per month and stockpile weapons and disguises. Oh, okay. Pause for a second. Yep. That plan, A, Y, but also... Like, what is, I feel like stocking up on supplies, getting weapons, and then killing a black boy every month. What is, there's no correlation nope. there, yeah. bud. Like, you're going from letters to numbers to shapes to colors. Like, what the fuck yes. is going on here? So, they'll talk more about their bullshit and mm. why this was their plan. But also, mind you, with the amount of killings that was happening, that was basically what was happening here. True, you're right, yeah. Yeah, so, not completely out of the realm, out yeah. of, the realm of possibility, but... So the Klan in 1981 was promising a race war that was encouraging local members in Atlanta to get armed and set up guerrilla warfare training camps. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, also, although still sounds conspiracy theory, but having the mayor and, like, the cops being like, these fuckers are so dangerous. They're over here making guerrilla warfare training camps. We cannot let a race war erupt because this shit is going to be fucking terrifying because mm-hmm. that was going on. But also when the Atlanta child murderers were happening, the black community was also taking up Yes, because you mentioned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden you have two groups who are very, who is a very tumultuous history together, yep. you know, both building these, these like yep. armies essentially kind of to, to defend themselves on the black side, you know, yep. to defend their children because their children are being killed and taken yep. from them on the white side just because they're racist. Like, but regardless, you still have two sides that have such big amounts of weapons exactly. that could that could have destroyed the Absolutely. entirety of Atlanta. It's a huge powder keg situation here because yeah. you have scared people who are trying to protect themselves mm-hmm. and who are trying to keep themselves safe by any means and then you have people who are outright trying to fucking hunt people mm-hmm. and who are armed dangerous and are doing it in an organized organized and crazy ass way. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a huge dangerous situation. Which also, again, side note, but This is why the KKK is labeled as a terrorist organization and is the biggest threat for terrorism to us than anything else. I want to point out that majority of terrorists that have this stuff happens in the U.S. are white. They are white. I hate this bullshit when you're like, oh, you're from the Middle East. You're a terrorist. Have you met the fucking Unabomber? Yeah. Have you met Timothy McVeigh? Yeah, have you met have the you, Proud Boys? Have you They're met anybody? Have you met the Aryan Brotherhood? Yep. Like that's that's terrorist. Have right you there. met your uncle who wears a Trump hat still? Terrorist. <laughs> terrorist. Like have the guy met- we saw at the nail salon today. Yeah. He's a terrorist. terrorist. He had a he had a hat that yeah. said Donald J Trump is still my president. Terrorist. Terrorist. Straight up. You fly Confederate yeah. flag terrorist. Terrorist. If you're a white man, terrorist. terrorist. Des, I love you. <laughs> terrorist just kidding (laughs) (laughs) literally my uncle from across the street absolutely a terrorist but dead ass though like if you don't if you refuse to acknowledge that white nationalism that white nationalism is terrorism then you're just racist you don't care about terrorism and and protecting our country if you if you look at an arab person or a Mm -hmm. middle eastern person or even anyone who looks slightly like they're from the middle east or asia and you say oh they're a terrorist i want to protect my country because of terrorism okay what you need to do is look in your own goddamn backyard look at the guy with the fucking nazi tattoos over there exactly oh wait he got it covered up okay i don't okay Ooh, tangent real quick yeah i don't give a fuck if you get your nazi tattoo covered up the fact that you got that shit I don't trust Terrifying. you. I don't fucking care. Well, let's look at the skinhead next door instead of being like, uh, well, if I'm at the airport, I'm concerned about the skinhead behind me. I have been more likely to cross the street when a white man walks near me than a black yes. man. That's because they're scary. Yeah, white men are fucking terrifying. Anyway. And they, they're they too bold. I hate white men. Too bold. Sorry, but I do. But 
So obviously, having the backing of this psychotic terrorist organization, the Sanders family would be given a lot of assistance to go through this Mm -hmm. with this plan. And the Sanders family themselves were a terrifying group of people. So not only were they dangerous racists, but the family that Charles lived with had criminal histories of child molestation, murder, assault, assault and battery, narcotics, and drunk driving. Oh, my God. So it's also important to note that some of the murdered children were found very horrible, sorry Mm. to say this, mutilated and sexually assaulted. Jesus. So the murder that they most point to uh, in this article as being connected to Sanders would be the murder of 14-year-old Luby Jeter. Mm -hmm. So when Luby's body was found, so sorry, so many trigger warnings here. His genitals, lower pelvic area, and feet were missing. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, and there was a personal connection between the two, as Luby was friends with the son of a man that Charles was friends with. And one day he was at this man's house. Luby had accidentally backed a go-kart into mm, his car. Oh, my God. So as one, as well as one witness saw Jeter get into a car with a tall white man with a jagged scar in his neck just before he had disappeared. So this description is very similar to what Carlton Sanders, Charles's father, looked like. Mm. And Carlton was the family member that had been convicted of child molestation. Yeah. So all this is pointing to that. Yep. And like, so this one I do hold a lot of weight to because the jagged scar thing, that is something that is so very unique, so very distinct. You're not, the witness is not going to forget that. Mm -hmm. And if you have a man that is literally convicted of child molestation that has this exact scar, it's probably this person. Yeah. And it's kind of like if if someone was trying to, you know, identify me as me as somebody, you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Like they would be like, oh yeah, she has a a lightning bug tattoo and a butterfly tattoo and your Tigger and Pooh Bear tattoo with Mm -hmm. two nose piercings and a septum piercing. Like who other, what other people do we know or is around this area that has those exact same things? Exactly. These are very distinguishable features and that is extremely distinguishable. Mm -hmm. So an informant who was considered very credible to the secret task force had come to them and had told them that he had information about the Atlanta child murders and specifically about Luby's death. Mm-hmm. So this informant's code name was BJ Jones uh, and was their best informant for about 18 years mm-hmm. and said that Charles had attempted to recruit him for the KKK because of his expertise with explosives. That's fucking terrifying. First terrifying. Of all. So he said that Charles told him that the plan was to enrage the black community by killing black children. So he also said that in regards to Luby hitting his car with a go-kart that Charles was quoted as saying, I'm going to kill that black bastard. I'm going to strangle him with my dick. First the fuck of all. Yep. Even if you're saying that about a grown fucking person, that is literally so fucked up. So fucked up. So fucking inappropriate. And this Jesus. man was talking about a child. Fucking Christ. Yep. Just because the kid hit your car with a go-kart. They're Jesus. kids. That's what they fucking do. Jesus Christ. Which also, like, because this is a racist piece of shit, if that was a white kid that did that, are you going to say the same shit? No, not at all. No. I fucking hate people. Mm-hmm. So as mentioned previously, the Spin article claims that there are two separate investigations happening with the Atlanta child murders. So there is the public one that was run by the Missing Children's Task Force that was publicly known about and was a fucking circus, as we remember. The whole, like, Mm -hmm. let's hire psychics instead of look at fingerprints that Mm -hmm. we have. And then, of course, there was the other, the secret investigation, that was particularly focusing on the Klan's connection with the case. So Spin Magazine said that while the public investigation mirrored in chaos and disorganization, pursued wild leads, employed psychics, entertained fantastic theories, and suffered from the ineptitude of its ranks, the secret investigation was run by a committee of sober professionals trying to avert a race war. Mm -hmm. Focused very sharply and efficiently on its subject, the Ku Klux Klan and the violent Sanders family. Mm -hmm. So the secret investigation, instead of acting like a chaos circus, was using electronic surveillance, Mm -hmm. informed stakeouts and court ordered wiretaps to find leads Mm -hmm. and during one of these wiretaps they had tapped sander's phone and caught charles's brother don saying that he was and i quote going out to look for another little boy Mm. so the more that you're talking about this the more i'm like "Mm, yeah there's more there's something to it yeah 
So they also stated that due to the informant bringing back so much valuable information, they kept sending the informant back in wired so that they could record more conversations. Mm. So the secret team also apparently received another tip from a different informant that had said that the Sanders brothers or brother stated that they killed 20 black children and were planning to start killing black women next. That sounds like a confession to me, bitch, if I ever fucking heard one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello? Like, There's some shit here, guys. Mm, also, like, the fucking audacity of fake fucking racist white people, dude. Yeah, like, what just the fuck? outright saying the shit, like, Hello? no one's gonna arrest me, no one's gonna care. Because they, they think they're above the law, which yep. a lot of white people think they are. And Well, right now, these you know. people clearly are. Mm-hmm. But some other big pieces of evidence that they pointed to in the article was also that dog hairs were found on several of the victims' bodies, and that these hairs were thought to be a match of a husky. Mm-hmm. Charles had a husky. So they claim that in this secret investigation, they had collected samples of hairs from Sanders' husky to test against the dog hairs found on the victims, but results were inconclusive. Okay. So police also found human hairs on the underclothes of victim number 15, Curtis Walker, that was tested that were determined to be hairs from a Caucasian person. So even in the public investigation, it is easy to come across information that a lot of the victims lived in similar neighborhoods and many knew each other and were connected to each other. Mm -hmm. So, But the victims that point to in this article as important to know the connections were that of Louie Jeter, Aaron Weish, Aaron Jackson Jr., Darren Glass, and Curtis Walker. Mm -hmm. So each of these boys were friends with each other and knew one another. And Charles may have had a connection with each of them as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. So another case that they point to as possibly being the Sanders family being responsible was the murder of Joseph Bell. So JoJo. Mm -hmm. In in the article, they say that on the last day that JoJo was seen, that his friend had said he had come into his house saying that a white dude and a black dude opened up their car door and told him to get in. So the Mm -hmm. friend says that JoJo thought someone was following him and ran out the back of the house. Mm -hmm. So JoJo's manager at the Captain Peg restaurant also said that he had gotten a call from him at the restaurant one night after he went missing Mm -hmm. saying, they're about to kill me. Mm -hmm. I'm about dead. And then the phone went dead. So the manager also claims that on March 13th, 1981, he received another call at the restaurant, but this time from a woman that stated... Uh, that he stated was white and he believed to be in her 30s mm-hmm. so this woman told him that her man was dangerous mm-hmm. said that jojo was different from the other kids who were murdered because she liked him and was trying to get him released mm. she then asked him to not call the police or he would kill her too Mm. So also the connection between Joseph Bell and Timothy Hill was pointed out as very significant in the article. So nine days after Jojo went missing, his best friend, Timothy Hill, disappeared. Mm -hmm. So the week before Hill had disappeared, he had told another friend that he had been sexually assaulted by a security guard at the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. So Timmy claimed that this assailant had kept asking him and his friends if they knew who who was the one killing kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So furthering this theory that perhaps the man who had assaulted Timothy Hill was possibly one of the men that had told Jojo to get in the car. So Spin theorized that potentially the secret task force had met with the committee investigating the murder several times and that the committee had decided to shut down and then seal the secret investigation. Mm -hmm. So they believed to keep a race war from occurring. And although the article raised very good points as to the doubts of Wayne Williams's involvement, Mm -hmm. not much was done after this so the families of the victims however have made it clear that many of them don't believe that justice was served and that over the years have petitioned for reopening the investigation i mean yeah it makes fucking sense because they there was there was no justice no no one was convicted for exactly murders so in 2005, five of the cases were officially reopened, mm-hmm. one of which was Aaron Weish's case, but that, however, was dropped again in 2006. Jesus. But in 2019, former mayor uh, of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, announced that the city was to re-examine the case and called for the need to provide more answers to the families. Mm-hmm. So during the press confle- conference, that she announced the reinvestigation. She talked about how she herself had grown up during the time when these murders were happening and as a little girl when this was all going on. Mm-hmm. So also at this conference, police chief Erica Shields said that the new investigation, um, that it's 
is not all about Wayne Williams and instead is about the kids and the victim's families. Mm -hmm. So they're not focusing on fitting Wayne Williams into. Which is what you should be doing. Exactly. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't take a case Mm -hmm. and make a case fit the suspect. You should make a suspect fit the case. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? You don't you don't take a suspect and be like, oh, well, he kind of had a big dog that could work. He kind of had a carpet that was near here. Like, you know, you don't do that. What you do is you go, okay, here is the evidence. Mm -hmm. All right. So, okay, we need someone who does have a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't you don't fit that dog to Wayne Williams dog. You fit Wayne Williams dog to that dog. Yep. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. So luckily they said that and mm-hmm. that the team that began reinvestigating the murders expanded the timeline of looking at missing and murdered children cases to the years 1970 to 1985. Oh, wow. So clearly after he was convicted in mm-hmm. 1982. So the team stated that after doing this, they were considering if there were possibly more linked victims. Mm-hmm. So they said that they will continue to include the original cases in the investigation, but they are also adding others that they are looking into. So when mm-hmm. they expanded this timeline, they found that within those years, 157 kids were murdered. What the fuck? 157. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. So, in 2001, they brought DNA to a lab in Utah related to this case, but so far at this time, the police are saying that there is no report currently available. Mm. So far, the police department is still claiming to suspect that Williams was responsible, but that the original detectives didn't charge him for the child murders to protect the families from having to testify. Whereas Williams is still currently maintaining his innocence and many Mm. of the victim's families say that they don't believe that he did it. Mm. But in December of 2022, four of the victim's families held a press conference asking for the release of the DNA testing that is available for the case. So Catherine Leach, Curtis Walker's mother, and Nicholas Burston, Anthony Carter's cousin, both attended this press conference and spoke about the state of the the reinvestigation and talked about their frustration about the process as they have not gotten any updates in over a year. And at this time, that is where everything is involving the state of the Atlanta child murders investigation. Oh my god. I hate when cases are like this, when it's like... There is no resolution here. Genuinely, I don't... My feelings here is that I don't believe that Wayne Williams killed all of these people. He potentially could have killed maybe the two he was convicted Mm of, if that. But I don't Mm -hmm. think he was connected to these children cases really in any meaningful way. I I think what's happening is that I feel like a a large majority of them were killed by racist white people. Mm -hmm. And then there was a select few others who were thrown in as a oh they were all murdered because the victim profile fit yep that's my opinion of it where like there were some murdered by like you know sex trafficking somewhere like Mm -hmm. just you know murdered neighbors neighbors or strangers or friends or family whatever that type of shit but then there was a large group that were murdered by people from like the sander family you know what i mean um and they just all lumped together and it was Mm -hmm. kind of like a i i fully believe that the you know the government and stuff like that and the you know the mayor and shit like that kind of wanted to cover it up because yeah. think about it. Like if race, race, t- if ra- uh, racial tensions are very high in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you're not going to do anything to upset that. No. You're not going to do anything to make it seem like, Oh, well you were the president that this happened under. Yep. I mean, for fuck's sake, even we go on the grander scale of like when the great depression happened, mm-hmm. how much shit, whatever president that was FDR, um, um Jimmy Eisen, not Jimmy oh, Eisenhower. Wait, Hoover. Hoover, yeah. yeah. Like, how much shit he got for that, you know yeah. what I mean? When it directly... I mean, maybe it was his fault. Maybe I'm just yeah, being uneducated. It yeah. is... I'm an, I'm a little uneducated when that comes to that shit. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, you... Like, even just being in... Okay. Yeah. Pure fucking example. Biden. With the fucking yeah. gas prices and the taxes going up. Yeah. You know whose fucking fault that is? Fucking Trump's. But everyone's blaming Biden because yeah. he's the and one capitalist. in office. Exactly. So you're you don't want to be the one blamed for these murders and not stuff going. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be blamed for this shit. Yeah. Or blamed for a race war. Exactly. So you're gonna do your best to cover it up to make yourself look better, which is fucked up. But it's fucking government. Exactly. How you play the game? It makes complete sense to me that really racism is one hundred percent what came down to this. That they basically pigeonholed everything onto this one black man Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to do the actual investigation. They didn't want anybody else who was white to be convicted because they didn't want to erupt Mm -hmm. these tensions. Which is fucking ridiculous. If someone commits a crime, I don't give a fuck what color your skin is. You need to be held fucking accountable. Yep. 
like and, and it's not fair to anybody else to not have that happen but it's also not fair you know on the flip side to convict someone because they're like you know what he's a black guy yep. let's do this that's not fucking fair it's not fair to not give justice to these 20 what 20, i think 27 28 other fucking yep. kids who are murdered because they were little black boys or little black girls yep if they were little white kids this would have been solved after yep. the fifth murder Oh, but yeah. because they were black children in a time mm-hmm. when segregation was just being like like reversed or whatever, yeah. that's the issue. Yep. Yeah. This case is so fucking aggravating Mm-mm. in 3,000 million ways. Mm-mm. Nothing about this is anything other than just ag- absolutely aggravating. And technically, this case is still considered unsolved well yeah because there was cause, and my thing is like i would definitely consider it unsolved because mm-hmm. even if wayne williams was the one who did it, he was only convicted for two yep so there's no one that was convicted nope. it's not like you can be like oh we convicted someone and we made a mistake mm-hmm. like the west yep. memphis three whatever like and not shit like that like nine whole kids that nobody was ever even said which to is be. ridiculous like what those kids yeah. don't fucking matter exactly. no they fucking do why and are we Darren not doing Glass this has never been found sorry headphone users but this shit fucking frustrates me this case was so fucking aggravating like the research that went into this like i literally spent so much fucking time wanting to rip my hair out because everything i was reading like this is bullshit this is bullshit this Mm -hmm. is so fucking aggravating Mm -hmm. literally an entire city of people was robbed of any chance of justice because of bullshit Mm -hmm. well thankfully Mm -hmm. the case i'm gonna present next has very good police work granted i think one of the victims was hispanic but i think all of them were white so that also adds to it but it was very good police work and it was dealt with teenagers so it was very good police work so um yeah and then we also you know i'm not going to say what it is but we have some big things coming for the pod we have something in the works it's nothing really really big but i'm very proud of it and des is helping a lot with it so we'll see how that looks we'll announce it and release it once it's finished but we're kind of you know working on something big we're very (laughs) excited about it um so you can follow us on all of our social medias because hopefully we won't have to take a break soon because we're already a week ahead of time which is great so you can follow us on our socials you can uh, follow us on instagram like our pictures message us on instagram at figures in the dark you can um follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk you can like us on facebook share our page send us a message at figures in the dark and then you can send us an email um case suggestions i I just blanked for a second case (laughs) suggestions um any constructive criticism how racism is bad any you know anti-racism resources yeah. you have all that good stuff pictures of your cats you can email us at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and we are on all major streaming platforms like google podcast amazon music um spotify anchor is now spotify spotify for podcasters Ooh. so i don't know if anchor is still a thing but we are on anchor <laughs> slash spotify for podcasters whatever you want to fucking call it Interesting. anyway all on major streaming platforms um yeah, and we're sorry about this case, Dan. Yeah, guys. Like, I'm damn. So sorry. Damn. Yeah. So. But thank you, guys, and thank you for listening. And as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right. Bye. Bye.